0: Well, we have the privilege this morning of hearing from three amazing Bayside guys. Yeah, we're pretty pumped. We're pretty pumped. We're going to do it one at a time. So, if you've got a left hand and a right hand, why don't you put them together and let's welcome Marcus to the microphone.
1: Thanks, Stu. You have to excuse my voice today. You gave me the man cold last week, Steve. That's good, yeah. I love that clip too. It was so true. That was me yesterday. I, um, I was just saying to Jimmy before I hardly moved, I was just in bed all day. Caught up on some good TV though, which was great. There's always a positive. Um, I, really, I really like what Steve spoke about last week, which was good, good father. And uh, so I thought today I might uh, just share a couple of stories um, from my life, which is, you know, hopefully will show how much of a good father uh, he's been to me, um, which will be interesting. And my wife isn't here today, so I can embellish some of the stories for you guys which was good, and tell you a few stories that maybe wouldn't normally tell, so we'll see how that goes. Um, So I met uh, my wife, Dale. If you've ever seen the lovely redhead who sings up on stage, that's my wife, Dale, and uh, she's off go-karting today with my young fella. She won't be actually go-karting, but (laughs) she's there. Um, I met her at a conference that we were both attending when I was 20, and uh, it was it was one of those moments where I saw her from across the room and it's the only moment in my life I've ever felt my heart literally stop for a second. It's a little bit like, as corny as it sounds, like the movies. And I, I actually went, oh, like that. And I'd, I'd seen her before and met her and those sort of things, but I saw her from across the room and I just went, oh, And something in me just went, you're going to marry that girl. And she looked at me and her face said, no way. <laughs> and uh, I could read her face straight away. I was wearing yellow cargo pants, and my hair was dyed red at the time. So I think um, that, didn't, that didn't do me any favours. So uh, over the time, she slowly uh, changed my hair and what I wore and all those sorts of things, and, and now I just do what I'm told. So um, that, was a, that was an interesting time, but uh, over the next few months, we got to know each other quite well, and 12 months later, we got married, so um, I must have got more charming, hey? <laughs> so um after we got married, she was very keen on having kids so I had just turned twenty two she had uh, she had just turned twenty, and uh, she was very keen on having kids straight away and we were the first out of all our friends to get married, so everyone was no one was looking at having kids or anything and she was very keen, so i wasn't and so I bought her a puppy. I thought uh, this would be a great way just to um, just to settle her down a little bit and it it was worse. It was, she's like, I love this little thing. I want to look after it. And yeah, Anyway, she got pregnant about two months later. So I was, uh, I was on a holiday with one of my mates. We were up cruising around in Queensland and I get a phone call from her uh, and she's like, oh, I'm pregnant. And I'm like, very funny. Yeah, it's a good joke. And she's like, no, no, I really am. I was like, I don't believe you. And um, then she started crying, and I knew, oh, OK. And, and I just said, I'll call you back. And I, and I hang up. And I was with my mate, and I thought, oh, hopefully, he can give me some you know, some wisdom. And he says, mate, you are stuffed. You're, you're, you're in all sorts. So anyway, I called her back. Because I think as a guy sometimes, you know, or for me anyway, the first thing I thought of is not, oh, we're going to have this great baby and a great something to look after. My first thought is, like, far out. How are we going to survive? Like. All of a sudden, we're going to go from two wages to one. That's just me being a guy. So I, that's my first sort of thought. is like, okay, we're in, we're in trouble now. But that's probably the first time where I, I really saw the Lord start to work as a father for me. You know, I'd obviously grown up in the church, and my dad was a pastor. And so you hear about all the things about how God provides and how he does those things. But until he actually does it in your own life, it's just a bit of a story. So I... Um, I got a job in the fitness industry um, about six months later uh, for Genesis Fitness Clubs. I started as a sales consultant, so we are basically just selling health club memberships, which was something uh, I never thought I'd do. And um, over the next eight years, I worked my way up within that industry um, to where I was running four clubs across Victoria and South Australia. So God was really, really blessed what I did in that sort of time there, because on, as a salesperson, if anyone's in sales, it's a, it's a pretty rough job no matter what sort of industry you're in. I was on a base salary of about $30,000 um, supporting my family. So all the extra money I needed to earn, I had to work off my own bat. And if you didn't do a certain amount of um, sales within a month, you got nothing. So that was a really interesting time for me where I could constantly see the Lord work month in, month out, like a calendar month, like if you don't earn it, you don't get nothing. So that was a really probably the first time I really started to see the Lord uh, working within me. On the other side of that, we kept having kids. So <laughs> my wife was pregnant for three years in a row, um, which was probably some of the tough, toughest times of my life. I think she enjoyed it a lot more than I did. I would get phone calls from her. So we had a, a zero and a one year old and she was pregnant. And I would get calls from her every day. Basically, I'd pick up the phone and go, "Hello," and I hear, ah, <laughs> "I can't do it anymore." And for some time, I just would say on the other end, "No, you can do it. Everything's going to be fine." But after a little while, I couldn't even say that because I'm the one at work, you know. And I was working, you know, nine till seven every day, so I didn't, uh, I didn't know if everything's going to be fine, you know, because I'm not at home. So <clears throat> that was quite a tough time for us. If I can recommend anything, don't have. Three kids within two and a half years. That would be, if anything, you take away from today, Warwick, don't do that. Okay? Uh, It's good now. We've got a nine, 10, and 11 year old now, and uh, I love that they're all sort of growing up together. Um, They're in a bit of a gang, and they sort of do everything together. We had a disco at our house last night, and it was very loud. Uh, But you know what? They're all. They're all doing life together now, which is really cool. But at the time, I don't really remember much of it now, actually, to be honest. I think my brain sort of blocks out some of the bad bits. But um, we made a rule uh, that whatever happens in the night, um, we can't use that against the person the day after, which might sound funny. But for us, that was seriously one of the probably the best things we ever did. Because when you're tired and run down, and there's babies waking you up through the night, and you uh, running on lack of sleep, you say some things you probably don't mean, and you also do some things that you probably wouldn't normally do. Uh, I learned how to plaster during those times after putting holes in the wall, uh, so that was a positive. And now, <laughs> now I uh, actually make a lot of money plastering, so that was small beginnings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> the kids are great. They really are. They really are. Um, So, back to the fitness industry, so I was in there for eight years, and I thought, what I'm going to do now, I really want to start my own gym, so I thought that's going to be the next step for me. So, I started looking around at options uh, for where we could get a gym going, and uh, we looked in Warrnambool, we looked in Ballarat, we thought, you know, if we get the right spot, we're going to move everyone and go live somewhere else. And thankfully, the one thing I did pray all the way along, I didn't pray God give me a gym. Um, I just said, God, just open the right door for me. And looking back, that was probably one of the best prayers I've ever prayed because it allowed God to actually have his way still. God, open the door that is the right one. And if it's not, close, close it. So for two years, (laughs) sounds funny when I tell the story now, I'm a real slow learner. For two years, I basically tried to get a gym and I would have had probably a dozen opportunities over that time. Some of them would only get in a few weeks into the process and the door would shut. Some of them I got in about six months down the process, like as close to signing as possible and then the door would shut. So as I said, a bit of a slow learner and after two years of getting no gym, I sort of started to wonder, oh gee, I wonder if there's something else for me and at that time there, um, my dad was running a property maintenance and renovations company that he sort of started up on his own. And I'd spoken to him about how I was getting pretty unhappy in my work. There was someone who came in above me that um, was making my life pretty miserable. Um, I wasn't sleeping anymore. Um, I was quite ill during this at sort the of time. And um, so I just thought, oh, maybe it's time for me to make a change. But being 10 years in the same job, I was pretty concerned that there was nothing else out there for me. And uh, I'd spoken to Dale about maybe going and starting my own business. She had a... She didn't want me to do that. <laughs> she, she had, From her upbringing, she had a few uh, challenges from where they went through times where they went without a lot. And so one of her biggest fears was that uh, her kids would go through the same struggle. So um, we didn't really talk about it at all, that... It just was like a, no, it's never going to happen type, type scenario. So we did um, bounce it around for a little bit, but we never actually seriously talked about it because she was just, no way, it's never going to happen, so let's just find something else. So one day, uh, she actually used to work at the gym for me on, a I think it was a Thursday or a Friday night, she'd come in and do reception and I would take the kids home and um, finish a little bit early that day. And I was on the way home one afternoon and just had done the swap over with the kids and I was driving down on Eastlink, and it was one of the clearest times I've ever heard the Lord speak to me and he just said, I want you to quit the gym. And I was like, okay. And I, I knew it was him because I felt sick. <laughs> it wasn't something that I'd come up with on my own. So, so I thought, all right, I'm going to have to call Dale up and I'm going to have to explain to her that this is what, I felt the Lord and I know it's not going to probably go down very well. So I call her up and I said, look, I've got to t- chat to you about something. She's still on the reception desk. And I said, I've got to talk to you about it, um, about leaving the gym. And she goes, oh, before you say anything, she goes, I've got something to talk to you about. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you go first. That We'll, we'll see what happens. So she said that, like on the, on the reception desk at the gym, as people come in, they swipe their membership tags and you know, you've got to check that they're the right person. And this guy had walked in and he doesn't know her and he just said to her, Oh, I've got a scripture for you. And, she, and she, she said she was there with a couple of other staff behind her. And so she's like, Oh my God, Super Spiro, what's this guy going on about? And he goes, I've just got a scripture for you. It's Philippians 4 verse 19. And she's like, yeah, okay, cool. All right, go through, go through. You know, don't embarrass me type thing. So about 10 minutes later, the desk sort of quietens down. She looks up the scripture. The scripture uh, is this. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches who have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Wow. I was just like, you know what? He is a good father. Because that conversation was not going to go very well for me at all. <laughs> but instead, like how good is it that he spoke to both of us? You know what? How hard would that have been for me to try and swing her around or vice versa? I just love, I love that. I love that he can be in two places at the same time because I made a phone call pretty quick. Like he, he had to really speak to both of us at the same time. I just think that's amazing. So to cut a long story short, I started my own business. Um, which is about four and a half years ago. And it's been one of the best things I've ever done. He's opened so many doors for me. Um, I work for a lot of the big real estate companies now. So Barry Plant and and Ray White. I look after all their rental properties. I prepare them for sale. Um, so they're great people to work for. Got a couple of young guys working for me now as well which is awesome. And uh, it allows me to work the hours that I want, allows me to take time off and all those sorts of things that in my previous work I wasn't able to do. So uh, it's just such an amazing story, I guess, for me, because I'm a very logical sort of person, to see God actually work in, in an area for me that, that is really cool. So that, um, that for me is, is probably one of the best testimonies that I've had so far, because everyone around me at the time was saying, you, you know, you can't quit a job um, when you don't have another job. You know, which I actually give that advice to people <laughs> as well. And you can't quit a job when you're getting, earning good money to earn no money. That just doesn't make sense. But it does when the Lord's got a path for us. So I reckon that's pretty cool. So one thing I just wanted to share today was that, you know, God, you know, we obviously hear that he loves us and he cares for us. But he does care for every part of our lives. And he cares about the jobs we have. And he wants us to be happy and fulfilled in those jobs. And if you're not, then I would pray. And ask God to open the doors that he wants to open. Because a lot of times he doesn't open them unless, unless we pray into those areas. And also close the doors. that. that for me it was more about closing the doors first um, and then opening them after that. Um, so he does care about that. He does care about our families and our homes and our cars. He does care about those things. Um, I think he cares about our city too. And so one of the things for us, I think, we, let's pray for our city. Yeah. Let's pray for this broken city that God wants to move and he wants to see people's lives change and he wants to see hearts change as well. So let's pray big prayers as dads. Let's pray big prayers as mums in this place that we can start to see the city healed and the city changed. So good. Thank you. Thank you.
2: Mate, that was awesome. Thank you. Um, thanks for making me go second. Uh, been waiting a long time to get up here. Um, okay, um, for those who don't know you, my name is Matt. I've uh, been come to this church for, I don't know, Quite a few years now. Uh, I met my wife uh, through uh, this church. She used to go to Cheltenham and I went here and um, we met on a, uh, on a camp. So, uh, you know, uh, we got this church to thank for our, for our marriage. Uh, we've been married about uh, three and a half years uh, and we've got a son, Reese, who's two years old now. Uh, and uh, myself, I work with uh, Quinny up there. We work at Westernport Secondary College, and I'm the wellbeing coordinator up there. So, work uh, helping kids and um, and teaching classes and those kind of things. So, it's a really great job, but it uh, it can be pretty full on. Um, Fiona and I are uh, just a little plug. Uh, Fiona and I have also taken over leading the Family Connect group. So, uh, if uh, you're interested and you have a young family or any family and you want to be part of a Connect group but you can't get to those 7 o'clock ones and things like that, uh, we'll be running Family Connect. Uh, and now that the weather, not today, but is going to get <laughs> a little bit better, um, we'll be hoping to run those kind of things maybe at a park on a Saturday just for a few hours, things like that, um, and maybe at, a church, at church on another time. So keep it pretty open to what people need. Uh, but um, we've got an email out. Uh, list, uh, and uh, we've got a Facebook um, group, so just come and see me, and uh, and we'll sign you up, and um, you get the messages, but you don't have to reply to them. Just feel free to come if you want to come. So that plug is over. Um, good plug. Uh, okay, so um, I was asked to talk a bit about—is that a bit loud? Sorry. I was asked to talk a bit about um, being a father, about the lessons that I've learned, and about how that relates to my faith. So I suppose being a dad probably the first thing i reflected on when i was asked that question was my own dad and my experience Um, and i know not everyone has this kind of experience but i was really lucky to have that that kind of dad that was just always there that couldn't have been any better Um, and that was really self-sacrificing my dad Um, we are a family of three boys if you don't know my brother Daniel comes here as well but there's another brother Jeremy who isn't a Christian pray for him Um, that um, he as a family of boys um, my mum who's here thanks mum she would cook uh, these huge meals for us uh, and uh, my dad would always you know you get you you you, you expect your dad to like serve himself first and then your kids get it like he was the absolute opposite he would serve us first and then um, and then he would serve himself last and then when we had, like, leftovers, we'd always have leftovers because mum was a cook, um, we, he would say to us, you know, you guys eat first, and then if there's anything left over, then I'll eat. And then that, so that to me was a really good model of, of a father. So I was lucky to have that uh, model when um, becoming a dad myself. Uh, and as I said, I became a dad myself about two years ago, and uh, that was a pretty full-on and pretty scary experience but hopefully I was hoping that I had the right kind of training um, from my dad and so that what my dad really taught me was about selflessness um, uh, or self-sacrifice that you could um, that you as a father you needed I I, I suppose I thought you needed to to self-sacrifice but what I kind of realized was that as you love your kids that self-sacrifice kind of happens automatically Um, so um, what I so becoming a dad really taught me about that self-sacrifice. And what happens when I get home from work is I come home from work from working all day with maybe you know a group of year nines in the year nine program. You stay pretty late and you get home, and the one thing you want to do, guess what, is like everyone else is go on Netflix and just do nothing, right? Or go for a surf, or whatever your, whatever your thing is. Um, and you walk in the door. And you hear the little pitter patter of footsteps running down the hallway, and Reese kind of runs up to the gate. We've got this little protective gate, so we can't get out. He's got two layers to kind of get out. He's a pretty sneaky kid. <laughs> and um, and so he little pitter and he runs, dad, 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 dad. And you think, ah oh, man, I'm not doing anything besides hanging with you for the rest of the night, am I? So um, and and that sacrifice comes, but it's not like a sacrifice of, oh, I need to sacrifice this. It's like an automatic sacrifice. You'd see the kid, you love him, and you think, man, whatever I had planned or whatever I wanted to do is now secondary to making sure that whatever this kid needs and whatever he wants is is the first thing that comes up. Um, so that was that's a really big lesson for me because... I came from something totally different. Um, I was single for so, so long until I was like 30. So my life existed of going to the beach, going surfing, going to see my mates, going out and then doing it again the next day, and then going to work in between those things. I, I got to choose whatever I wanted to do, whenever I wanted to do it, or however I wanted to do it. And um, thanks, Mum, for leaving me at home till 29, because it was such a beautiful place. Um, but that gave me the money and the resources to go travelling overseas, and, and basically this life of perfect freedom. Uh, and then, and then you, a kid comes into your life and then it all it all changes, and that was a real reflection reflection for me that that change could actually be you know the best thing for you um, as you develop into a person that needs to look after his family and um, people at his job and and a church and um, people within the church and things like that. So that was a really big lesson for me um, about that self sacrifice. So I've kind of cut my. Sp- I think into two areas. I kind of, I kind of had a would ad lib a bit, and now I'm going to kind of go into reading a little bit. So, um, so, um, so the question that really came up from uh, when I was asked to to do this uh, talk was, how has this that's that what I've learned as a father? How was that? developed or impacted on my personal faith uh, and my Christianity is really really far from perfect and I know everyone's is far from perfect but mine's pretty pretty far from perfect and um, the one thing I suffer with the one thing I always, that always gets me is doubt. Um, I, you know I'll go through this really strong times of faith and then I'll just go through times when I'll be like I don't even know if God actually exists. Like, and I don't know where that comes from or how. I try to push it out as much as I can. Uh, but, um, but doubt is one of those resounding things that kind of attacks me. It's like a foothold for me. Um, and so that's been a really big thing. But one thing that always comes back and always strengthens my faith and really destroys that doubt is that revelation that God the Father sacrificed himself in his son Jesus... And this was because he loved us. And that is a real revelation for me. And I just, I just think that, that has to be, that has to be the God of the universe that does that. Because that to me is the perfect display of love, of a father's sacrifice for his kids. And so I think to myself, when I think to myself what would the perfect God be like? I can't think of anything better than Jesus and what he did. So it really spurs on my faith because I think, wow, God's so much smarter than me. I would have never have done that. I would have just made everyone obey me and then left it at that. Um, but God didn't. God, God kind of put it forward and put this example of perfect love out there so that we could go, wow, that is the God of the universe. Uh, and that really impacts my faith and, de- <laughs> and, and develops my faith. And through that, um, you get this, you get this well up of praise for God that um, that that kind of settles with you and, uh, and and guides you and guides your faith. So, um, so the other part of the part of uh, what what we were kind of having a look at when we were given the kind of topics is how does fatherhood and that faith kind of lesson how do they kind of fit together to kind of um, make. A, a, A story or an impact in your life and I really believe that God sacrificed his son Jesus for us so that we so sorry so God sacrificed his son Jesus for us so that we could see that the God of the universe loves us no matter what. That's what I think it was all about. It was all about saying, hey, I would do anything for you, just like I would do anything for Reese. You know, I know giving up Netflix is not like sacrificing your son, but, um, <laughs> but it's pretty close. Come on, come on. I got some good shows on there. Um, but the point is that, 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 it's that it's that sacrifice. And I really believe that the message that God wants from us, wants us to know and wants the church to know, is that God loves us no matter what we've done, just as when Reese comes running down or Reese has done something wrong, you know, you love him no matter what. There's something I do at night, um, if Reese lets me put him to bed, sometimes he loves his mum, sometimes he loves his dad, right, and, and you go, who you know, who's going to put you to bed tonight, and if he picks dad, I say, I'll put him to bed, and we read him about three or four stories, and then we la- lay him down in his bed, and... And I say always, you know, his back and sing him a song. And then, and then as I leave, I always say, um, uh, you know, re- always remember Dad loves you. And I think that's the message that God really wants from us, you know. Always remember that, that, that God loves you no matter what. So that's really, I believe that God wants us to know that we are really important to him, that he loves us no matter what, just as a father uh, loves his son. So, um, yeah, that was it. Thank you. Bye.
3: Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Marcus. Um, it's funny how God works in mirac- miraculous ways. Um, Marcus, I didn't even know this, but God called me in the business just like you did. When, oh, 16 years ago, he called me in. I want you to buy a truck Michael I want you to go and do this and my dad it's funny we're talking about dads my dad said to me you're mad if you buy a truck you're an idiot I went and bought a truck and I built because God said to me I want you to do it and I did it and I thought how can I fail if God of the universe loves me said buy a truck and even if I do fail at least I, I was obedient and so it's just sort of changed my story in a little way, but I built this... Noel and I built this business up with God's leading and I ended up with six guys working for me and about three years ago, God said to me, that's enough. These people are sucking the life out of you. Your boys need their dad. And so I, Noel and I got rid of our, all the guys and I went back to myself. I am making more money now on my own than when I had guys... And then going to what Matthew was speaking about, how my boys, when I get home, come running to the door, daddy, 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 their arms open wide and just want to grab hold of me. And they just want to to spend time with their dad. And the opportunity, I've only learnt to love my boys because I've learnt from him over the years. He is my example and I love them the way that He loves me and I embrace him. So now I'll continue on into what (laughs) God wanted me to say. But it's funny because I've just, Friday night I went over to Tassie on the boat with my mum to see my dad. I saw him for two hours, um, came back on the boat, come back in this morning, got home. And I did all that in God's strength. But uh, I've lost what I was going to say, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, so my, yeah, so yeah. Going back to, I didn't know how to start this, but now I do. God had it all planned. This is God's doing, not mine. So my Father's Day message: We're all fallen. Not one of his, uh, of us is perfect. And if we think we are, God will soon show you that you aren't. And when it goes, and I've just this God put this on my heart at work about five week, weeks ago. So what is what is it to be a father? A father guides and leads. Sorry, going to get teary. Guides and leads. Leads. He's gentle and kind-hearted. He embraces his children. He puts his arms around them and tells them he loves them. When he encourages them, then encourages them, um, loves them. He encourages them to be the best, to be their best, to love and to look out for others not to seek their own good but to the good of others and to show kindness because their father is kind what not to do as a father we we are not to be harsh with our children but guide them and making guide them in making the right decisions a gentle answer turns away wrath we should pull them up gently when needed with a loving hand to let them make the decisions themselves in their hearts. If what they are doing is, if what they are doing is right, they know deep down that way they own their decisions and behaviour. It is up to us to lead and not be passive but active. A loving father will not leave us where we are when we are going the wrong way. Our heavenly Father doesn't leave us going the wrong way. He guides, he gently guides us back with love and insight. They never say because I never say because I said so. You don't have the authority over anyone. You are not above your Maker. He always, He always gave us free will, but there are always consequences for our actions but explain why to your children as fathers we must always act out of a place of love every human being is in need of love god our heavenly father has been reaching out of out in love because that is who he is he is love right through the scriptures god has god is reaching out to his creation to love him back but we at all at times may be still choosing to reject the father's love and do and and do life separate from him even as christians we may be saved or be, or believe but not experience the amazing love our father in heaven excuse me our father in heaven may we love our father in heaven we may have had a father that put you down told you you're no good and felt you couldn't go to him and talk or just didn't care it's impossible for us to love unless you have truly experienced the father's love the spirit of god searches looking for hearts open to him he knocks he longs for a relationship with his children with his sons and daughters we all we all long for that relationship. We have it. We have it. It is there. We just have to tap into it. But sometimes we put other things before him. We don't seek him out. We don't long to be close. I know as a kid I longed to be with my dad. (laughs) And still do. Even at 44 years of age. But I will never experience the love that I so desire from him. I love him flawless and all and all but I know my heavenly father his love that I so des- desire I feel his arms around me he doesn't want me perfect he just wants my attention and love to love him back <laughs> He wants me to go to him with all my needs and hurts. We need to let our children know so, so much. <laughs> I just knew this would happen.
2: <laughs> Samuel, can you come here?
3: <laughs> yeah we need it so so much that we can come come to him about anything, everything, without fear or judgment, that what drives them from sharing from sharing what's going on in their lives. And for fear of judgment and anger. As God says, a gentle, a gentle answer turns away anger. He wants me to rest in his arms, talk and fellowship with him and know him personally. And to trust him even when I don't know what's going on. Knowing that he has the best, my best at heart, the Father's heart. We must understand the character of God. He is good, nothing bad is in him. Bad things happen, he may let them happen, but they are not from God. He uses those things to bring us closer to him, so he can wrap his arms around you and lead you out. He doesn't chastise you in closing his spirit, his spirit wants you to take the time to get to know him. Searching for him, for he is searching for you. He is your daddy, your heavenly daddy. Take the time to, be with, your, to with, be with your daddy. He's got all the time in the world for you to seek his face. Seek him. It doesn't matter how old you are and be surprised by, by what you find. You will be found in him, lean into him. him. Learn, learn to love him with all your heart. Then you will be found in him, complete in him. That's what it is to know the Father. Then he shows you what to do, to do the will of the Father. And the will of the Father is not a burden, it's easy. But we must deny ourselves and look to him. In guiding my two boys, it's my responsibility as a father to guide, to (coughs) to lead them, to our heavenly Father, to know and understand the Father by the example of my relationship with God, the Father. He is our Father. He is our Father. He, He, the God the Father. He is our greatest example. But to know, but to be known by Him by the way I live and act, to build up, to build them up into the fine young men they're called to be, to be there, to, to find their gifts and encourage them in their gifting to know God and trust him by setting an example of how to walk with God and to love him no matter what's going on in this crazy world and deny themselves and take up their cross and follow him and to pass the baton on. It is the most experiencing, rewarding experience watching your sons and daughters walk with God the Father and walk in love, truth, grace. As Scripture says, the truth will set you free. So I encourage, build your foundation on the Father and the Son. You can't go wrong. Build your relationship with God the Father and you will become everything You were called to be, and he will give you the tools to be the father you were called to be. I just got laid on my heart just to read Psalm 25 and 26. you hold that for me, son? In in you, Lord, my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies trumpet over me. Not one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame, but shame will come on those who are treacherous with our cause. Show me your way, Lord. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you, God, my Saviour, and my hope is in you all day long. "'Remember, Lord, your great mercy and love, for they are are from old. "'Do not remember the sins of my youth and my rebellious ways. "'According to your love, remember me. "'For you, Lord, are good. "'Good and upright is the Lord. "'Therefore he instructs sinners in, in his ways. "'He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. "'All the ways of the Lord are loving and faithful.' toward those who keep the com- demands of his covenant for the sake of your name lord forgive my iniquity though it is great who then are those who fear the lord he will instruct them in the ways they should choose they will spend the days in prosperity and the descendants will inherit the land the lord confines in those who fear him he makes his covenant known to them my eyes are ever on the lord for he he will release my feet from the snare turn me to me and be gracious to me for i for i am lonely and afflicted relieve the troubles of my heart and free me from my anguish look to my affliction and my look on my affliction and my distress and take away all my sins see how numerous are my enemies and how fiercely they hate me. Guard my life and rescue me. Do not let me be put to shame, for I take refuge in you. May integrity and uprightness protect me, because my hope, Lord, is in you. And Psalm 26. Vindicate me, Lord, for I have led a blameless life. I have trusted in the Lord. I have not faltered. Test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind, for I have... Always been mindful of your unfailing love and have lived in reliance of your faithfulness. I do not sit with the deceitful, nor do I associate with hypocrites. I abhor the assembly of evildoers and refuse to sit with the wicked. I wash my hands in innocence and go about your altar, Lord, proclaiming aloud your praise and telling of your wonderful deeds. Lord, I love the house where you live. The place where your glory dwells, do not take away my soul with sinners, my life and those who are bloodthirsty. In those hands the wicked in those hands are the wicked schemes, those whose right hands are full of bribes. I lead a blameless life. Deliver me and be merciful. My feet stand on level ground. In the great congregation I will praise the Lord. In finishing, I just felt God just lay on my heart, just to just to pray for fathers to recommit to loving and to building their children up, and to show love and grace and kindness and encourage them. Thank you. I'll just pray, Lord, Father, you are our you are our heavenly Father, and I just pray for each. Father, here, just to recommit their lives to you, Lord. Father, to, to want to know you, to want to seek you out, to want to be the best father that they could be, to, 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 to just to know you, and by knowing you, that you will lead them, you will guide them into being the fathers that you've called them to be, but also to guide their sons and daughters towards you, Lord. And we just thank you for that. In your name, Amen. Wow, stay here. How good
0: was that, hey? Sammy, why don't you come here too? We've we've heard the stories of three great dads, and I'm sure there are many more here this morning. Can you pray for our dads? You know, just during the week, because it's an interesting time for being a dad in the in the society in which we live. And uh, there's a lot of young men out there that are growing up wondering what their future looks like. And so we just need to be prayerful for our dads. Derek Prince has a great teaching on uh, on fatherhood. He talks about the, the role of the prophet, the priest and the king. And uh, if you want to track it down online, it's great just to look at it or listen to it if it's, uh, if it's a, um, audio. Uh, but it gives a really great insight into the role that we have as dads and as shepherds of our family. So thank you so much for sharing. There's no no Michael, Matt and Marcus. It seemed like your name had to start with an M this morning <laughs> uh, to be on stage. So God bless no you. Uh, I just want to encourage us with a benediction. Yeah, let's put our hands together for our three amazing dads. Just want to encourage us with the scripture this morning before we go, and then we'll pray. For I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. How good is that? Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for an amazing morning in your presence, just being reminded of your Father heart towards us, And we thank you for the amazing examples that we have in our midst and from those that we heard from this morning. Lord, we pray that your blessing would be upon each one of us as we go from this place. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would sustain us, would direct us and would guide us. And Lord, that you would lead us from strength to strength, faith to faith, glory to glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.